as I speak, may my words and may the thoughts of our hearts truly reflect your will for us. Amen. I wonder whether you have ever had one of those nights when you just can't sleep. First you are too hot, then you do cold. You thump the pillow, you toss and turn on the mattress, and you go to the bathroom three or four times. You just don't seem to be able to get comfortable. And mostly, it's your mind that keeps you awake. It's charging round and round at about 90k an hour, and your body, which doesn't really want to go anywhere at all, is rebelling. Maybe that is the kind of night that Nicodemus was having when he came to see Jesus. Or maybe, like a good rabbi, he was studying the scriptures late into the night and he came up with a question. If that were the case, though, it seems strange that Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jewish people, would ever come to Jesus for an answer. The Pharisees called Jesus the Nazarene. It would be a bit like calling someone a jerk. But perhaps he came in the dead of night because he was afraid of what his fellow Pharisees would think of him speaking with this carpenter. After all, peer pressure, as we know, is a powerful force. And we don't really know why Nicodemus came to Jesus that night. Maybe he didn't even know himself. Because he doesn't really ask a question. Not at first, anyway. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And it almost seems as if Nicodemus wants Jesus to affirm this and then to call him Nicodemus to follow him. <coughs> Jesus makes rather a strange statement. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. If Nicodemus came looking for answers, he left confused. Because Jesus doesn't give him any answers. Instead, he confronts him with the mysteries of God, saying, The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. And that really wasn't what Nicodemus was looking for. Nor, I guess, 
Is it what we would prefer to be told? As a Pharisee, Nicodemus was used to answers. He was a Pharisee, after all. He had pledged his life to observing every detail of the tribal of the scribal law. To a Jew, the law was the most sacred thing in all the world. And the law was the first five books of the Bible. And they believed it to be the perfect word of God. There were no mysteries, only rules and regulations. And while we're not into rules and regulations, neither are we much into mystery. At least, mystery that isn't solved. If it can't be solved in two hours of television, or a chapter or two of a book, we grow uncomfortable with it. We like the who, why, what, when, and where of things. And so Jesus' answer doesn't really do so much for us. We don't think much about the wind, except if it blows too hard, and then we wish it to go away. It messes up our lives. And some winds, like the ones in Christchurch, mess with our moods. But then, that is what the Holy Spirit means to do. The Holy Spirit means to make us uncomfortable. Uncomfortable with our materialism and the injustice in the world. The Holy Spirit means to confront us with questions like who our God is and what that means to us, each one of us. And the Holy Spirit moves us towards rebirth. And Nicodemus didn't like Jesus' answer because it told him that keeping a bunch of rules and regulations wouldn't get him into the kingdom of heaven. And we don't like his answer because it tells us we need a complete overhaul of our ideas and our thoughts. We must be reborn. For the most part, I just wonder whether we live as if we've forgotten what Jesus said. We tend to pursue our pleasures and we tend to live for ourselves. Like Nicodemus, we have our religion and our faith and we hope that this is good enough to get us into the kingdom. But we sort of shy away from any real change in our life. We wrestle with our questions in the middle of the night. And we come to Jesus then. But seldom do we claim him in the brightness of the day. Or live a life that is radically different 
may have set the world on its head. But we want to be known as the people with all feet, both feet on the ground. And I'm not sure whether it's us ourselves or whether other people expect us to have all the answers to questions and logical proofs to back up our perspective. Certainly, in my role, I've come across people who expect me to be able to have all the answers for them. All their questions of faith will be solved if they come to a priest. But that just isn't the way life is. Some questions just don't have good answers. And we have to live and survive in the midst of their mystery. Who can answer why one young person is paralyzed because of a single mistake at the wheel of a car? While another lives a life of crime and seemingly has everything going for him or her? Or who has an explanation for why vital and valuable men and women get cut down by cancer? While people who have lost all sense of purpose for their life and long to die linger for years in a nursing home. If we can't understand the things of this world that we can see, how can we expect to understand about God and heavenly things? We can never completely know or understand God. We can never properly serve and obey God. And yet, despite that, God loves us. Like the wind, we cannot see God. We can only see the effect of God's actions. In looking at the world, we see the creative hand of God the Father. In hearing the message of Jesus' death and resurrection, we learn of our salvation through God the Son. In experiencing the Word, the sacraments, and the Church, we discover the gift of faith given by the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And while we will never have the questions for all, the answers for all the questions about the Trinity, we do have one answer which gives us insight into that and all other mysteries. And the answer is given to us in 1 John 4, chapter 8. God is love. God 
doesn't just love, but God is love. We have been made God's people, and as God's people, we are loved. And we can face the ambiguities, the mysteries, and questions of life with confidence, secure in that love. 